Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I am so delighted to meet Melissa Jenkins. She is an integral part of Operation Catnip in Gainesville, Florida. It's an extraordinary operation, and I mean operation. They do a lot of operations on stray and feral cats. 24 years, 65,000 cats and counting. I am so proud and delighted that they are the partner and beneficiary of the New York Cat Film Festival in Gainesville. Melissa, the work you do there is amazing, not only because of the vast numbers of cats you have taken out of the breeding pool, but because you have these MASH-style clinics with up to 75 volunteers, vets, vet techs, just regular cat-loving humans, and you move the cats through in such an organized way. MASH-style is what it's called. Who invented this very brilliant way of reducing unwanted cat populations. Uh, well, hi, Tracy. It's so nice to meet you and to be here. Um, I don't know if Dr. Levy herself invented MASH style, but Dr. Julie Levy is the founder of Operation Catnip, and she uh, has been uh, a driving force in the shelter medicine community and made a big splash in Gainesville with um, her foundation of Operation Catnip, which was meant to offer sterilization for community cats and offer opportunities to vet students to hone their surgical and clinical skills. Um, and yes, MASH style is the um, way that we process the cats through the clinic, kind of a very assembly line function with lots of people involved and lots of people doing different, very specific tasks. It's great that the next generation of veterinarian can not only learn more about spay-neuter or anesthesia or pain medication or the various other things that, that are happening for those cats, but maybe inspire them to also either continue volunteering as their veterinary career goes on, or maybe really specialize in this kind of give back to the community, not necessarily the intensity, that that's just sort of a vague word I'm using, of working in a small animal clinic, which has pressures and stresses and sometimes 
a downside for veterinarians, whereas this work is purely for the animals and the community they live in. Does that ever occur to you that someone coming out of vet school might not want to go work in a clinic and have those stresses that have been a problem for the veterinary industry or profession? Yes, certainly. I mean, it's it's always our hope that regardless of how small a volunteer vet student plays in our clinic, that they're inspired by what we're doing and would feel confident and competent enough in their careers wherever they go to hopefully say yes to any situation that involves a, a community cat or a caregiver of a community cat reaching out for at, at least sterilization. You know, we make it very clear that we can do this quickly with as little to no stress on the cat as right. possible. Obviously, it's it's hard on the cats being confined and going through surgery and not knowing what they're, what, you know, what's going on. But, you know, one of the things that's very detrimental to cats in, in shelter environments is, is when they stay there for long periods right. of time. And when they're feral cats, that just want to go home, being able to get them fixed quickly and turned around and go back home is, is very important. So, um, you know, there's a lot of factors that fall into that. Um, and especially with a vet who can do surgery quickly. Um, a lot of our grads are, you know, they're graduating with neuters under a minute days wow. five minutes Wow! Um, and being able to say, oh, a feral cat? Yep, let's do it real quick. And, wow. and instead of this, ooh, a feral cat that, right. oh no, we can't touch right. that. We can't handle that. We can't deal with that. No, there's, you know, there's ways that we can work with those cats, work with them quickly and make it a real quick process and make it great for the cat the community, and the person who's bringing you that cat and cares about it. That's a pretty extraordinary number under a minute. Obviously, that would be neutering um, a male. Mm -hmm. Five minutes for a female, that's still a lot. You're opening, you're you're dealing with the reproductive organs, you're closing and doing it all, obviously, safely and hygienically. and, And speed is everything. I mean, we know this in human medicine surgery that the less time an, a human is open, and the less amount of touching and prodding and sewing and, or whatever the things are that need to be done to a human in surgery, the better the outcome. In fact, the best surgeons are the fastest. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a labor that is done as swiftly as possible. So to teach veterinarians and vet students to be able to do that you're right. It's not only great for the cats. They're under anesthesia less amount of time. They're touched less. They're cut less. It's all zippity doo Also means that when that person might go work in a vet clinic somewhere, if someone came in having found a cat and brought it to the vet, that now veterinarian who was a vet student with Operation Catnip could say, I'll do that for you. No problem. I mean, that's kind of great to give, get those skills out into the community so that it's not an onerous, hmm, I wonder if this is something we should take on. It's like done. By the time you finish talking about it, it's done, right? Yeah, absolutely. And this is, uh, you know, going off what you just said about 
you know, the less time that animals are under anesthesia, that's good for any animal that's that they're right. working with. That's right. It's, it's not just feral cats, but when you take your, your pet, your dog or your cat to get fixed at a clinic and you are benefiting greatly by having a surgeon who is skilled and fast um, and can provide that quick service to your animal for you know, less time under anesthesia. That's that's right. And uh, so let's talk numbers. You know, statistics about cats are always mind-boggling. So if one cat has nine kittens and those nine kittens have nine kittens and the numbers become <laughs> explosive, right? But if I think about 65,000-plus yeah. cats that have been spayed or neutered, if you just consider that, let's say, half of those are female because the males now can't inseminate a lot of females, but it's the females who make the numbers go up, I guess you've, yeah. you've avoided millions over the 24 years, millions, literal millions statistically, of cats who are not having horrible lives, meaning too many of them in a colony, no one can really look after them, they're getting hit, they're getting disease, they're getting into fights, all of which happens when you have intact cats, much more so, let's say. That's pretty amazing. You're, you're, you've taken all that pain and suffering out of the equation for the cats who never will be because they didn't have a place to be, right? Yes, absolutely. That's one of the things that we're, we're very, um, you know, we like to highlight on is that we're helping with the unseen suffering. Yes. And that is the future generations of cats that will not be born into suffering from being outside. So, you know, for all of the work that we're doing, it's it's benefiting not just that cat that that person brought in, but all of the cats that that cat might have created that wouldn't have much of a chance. Correct. Um, you know, the statistics of how many kittens survive when they're born in the wild, it's, it's you know, less than one out of five. Um, it's not a good life and we're certainly not in a position to where, at least in Florida, you know, we, we have kitten season all year round. That's we right. can't get to a point, you know, where there's no cats outside at all. So what we want to do is create a situation where we're providing those cats with spay neuter, with vaccinations, and we do a lot of other things. We're, um, you know, very blessed to have a medical director who is open and very skilled in additional surgeries. So we can do enucleations and amputations to remove diseased and damaged eyes and limbs. Wow. Um, we've done entropion repairs. We've done hernia repairs. What's what is an entropion repair? So that is when essentially the cat's eyelashes or the hairs on its eyes turn inward and are yes. touching the eyes. Yes. It's very uncomfortable. It's not life-threatening, but those cats usually are very squinty. Their eyes are constantly watering. Um, and so we can do that surgery to pull wow. the hairs out of the eyes. Um, and, and very quick, you know, we it's not something where the cat comes, we look at it, we go, oh, wow, this is happening. We need to schedule them out for another day. We go... Oh, okay. Let's do that today. Wow. Let's do that right now. Um, you know, it's it's something that we really want to be able to offer, and we, you know, we are donation based, so we don't 
call somebody and say, hey, can you right. pay us this much to do this procedure? We're going to do it um, because it's in the best interest of the cat and work on, you know, that's what our fundraising is for. That's what our critical care funds are for. Um, and we're we're essentially always wanting to be able to not say no to a cat that needs something. That's pretty nice. So when you put these kitties back into their colonies where they're looked after by people, and I have a, f- a few questions about who your, your colony people are, you're putting them back in good shape. So if they were in any way beat up by life, you're putting them back fixed up yeah. so that the rest of the life yeah. they have is going to be comfortable, is going to be safe because... If you're spayed or neutered as a cat, you're not wandering far. You're not wandering far to have a fight or to have territory or obviously to procreate. So you're just chill and hanging and you have humans that at least once a day are bringing you some food and water and you know when to depend on that. And you have your your colony mates who are not going to change much. Some may die of old age or maybe some bad happening to them. But you basically are in like a community of safety, which is quite wonderful that you can do these other medical interventions because the cats that have been living outside before they've become spayed and neutered also get into fights. There's abscesses and I'm sure Mm -hmm. injuries from inter-cat fighting, which is nature. And as you said about the babies dying, Nature, Mother Nature is cruel. She does not care how many babies live as long as some live. So it gets us to the point of saying, okay, 24 years in, Gainesville is X size or your county is X size. At some point, would you not anticipate becoming not needed for this service that you would have spayed and neutered all of the cats or is that pie in the sky? I I think that that is certainly the the dream that everybody has, um, but we are always going to have influx of cats. Um, certainly, the numbers of and and the large numbers of cats have decreased. So, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the DC cat count, but that is one of the only large scale. Um, projects of counting cats in an uh, outdoor area that's not enclosed completely like an island. Um, and so it's, it is very hard to count cats. It's very hard to say there's X amount of right, cats. Right. But we have a lot of anecdotal evidence. And I can tell you that um, it's, it's kind of a funny problem that we have. But a couple of times a year, usually once a semester, we do what's called the Community Cat Management Course. It's a partnership with a class that Dr. Levy teaches at UF. Okay. And it's essentially a class that an elective class that the vet students can take. That's exactly what it sounds like, community cat management. And it goes beyond just the, you know, clinical side of things. And we bring them to Operation Catnip. We show them what we do in terms of trap loan. We talk to them about all of our different programs. We show them our catio where we house our working cats. We take them out trapping. Um, We introduce them to caregivers. And we give them a very foundational view of community cats, starting from 
seeing them outside. And so one of my jobs with that is to select a site for each of those courses. We usually have between 10 and 20 students. So what I'm looking for is a group of cats that are being cared for by somebody who we're looking at numbers maybe between 15 and 25 because we want to make it really fun for the students. We want to be able to send them out somewhere where they can catch a lot of cats, where it can be very exciting, where everybody can at least get one. And I tell you, it is so hard to find a location in Gainesville. Wow, that's great. It is almost impossible for me to get those kinds of numbers from a single location in Gainesville. And the last few years, almost every location that we have used for that course is in one of the smaller rural towns surrounding Gainesville. I I don't like to send the students out more than half an hour of a drive. But that's that's what we're looking at is we're looking at driving 30 minutes out of Gainesville in order to get to a site that has 15 to 20 cats that haven't been fixed. Well, I can just say congratulations. That's that's a huge (laughs) accomplishment. That's that's exactly what I was asking, that if you have to push your your boundaries further and further out, you have you have achieved enormous success. And I I love Uh, this program. It sounds so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, And a couple of years ago, uh, when I first started in 2017, we were Alachua County exclusive. We weren't, we just didn't have the ability to help outside. And, uh, you know, we sat down, the staff, and we were discussing how many requests we were getting from people who lived outside of Alachua County. You know, they're telling us that there's nothing where they are. Right. And we're, we got to a point where we felt like we are doing so much good work in Alachua County and we are increasing our capacity and we can now open those borders. It's fantastic. So now we are no longer. That's Alachua so great, County. Melissa. We have run out of time, but I love what you're doing. I'm so happy, happy, happy that the Cat Film Festival is going to be a beneficiary. You're going to be the beneficiary of it. And I look forward to hearing more great news from you in the years to come. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you, you to all of your great volunteers and your wonderful mission. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support their products because they stand behind my mission, which is to educate and inspire while entertaining. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no hide, and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my blue wine runner, Maisie, will eat. My other sponsor is Cradle, which makes CBD calming products to reduce stress for dogs, using broad-spectrum CBD from U.S.-grown hemp, formulated with a proprietary blend of nutraceutical ingredients. My Wanda Weimaraner couldn't get through thunderstorms without their Cradle Melts. And I'm grateful to Evermore Pet Food, which is privately owned by two extraordinary women who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It is higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.